Thank you, Scripture Reader. Uh, as Bob said, my name is uh, Bill Connell. I was thinking on the way over here how um, how can a guy you don't know come and talk to a group that uh, that doesn't know him? And uh, and two things stick out in my mind. One is that we are uh, united as family by faith to uh, Jesus Christ, and we're also united in our purpose as well to glorify God through the uh, preaching and teaching of his word and making disciples. Our text this morning will be in 1 Thessalonians 3, as we just heard. And this is really a story that comes to us in Acts 17. It's chronicled there that Paul, Silas, and Timothy, on Paul's second mission trip, stopped in Thessalonica, and for three weeks, Paul preached in the synagogue, and the uh, first church there began. In just this three-week period, uh, Paul fell in love with these people, and immediately these people came under persecution of the Jews locally there and ran Paul and his friends out of town. So <clears throat> they uh, found themselves in a town 50 miles away in Berea, and, uh, and wouldn't you know it, this group of Jews from Thessalonica found him in Berea and chased him out of Berea as well. So Paul started something that he was unable uh, to finish, and that must have created so much uh, angst and anguish as he cares for uh, these new Christians and was unable to be with them and help them in their growth. I was thinking of, uh, you know, I was thinking of my role as a parent. Imagine starting a family, perhaps, having a few kids, and then have them pulled away from you uh, and really no means of communication for uh, perhaps several years. As a parent, you might be wondering, uh, how did they do in school? Were they uh, good students? Did they turn out okay? Uh, were they able to make good decisions later on in life as they grow up? Uh, just imagine the, uh, the unknown and the, uh, the worry and concern you might have for your family. Perhaps as grandparents you might have kids who have moved away and started a family, right? And that uh, you're longing to hear a word from them uh, and, uh, and hope that all is well with their family. Well, this happened because Paul sacrificially sends Timothy back to uh, the Thessalonians and, and receives a report. And so we're going to talk about that today. This uh, good report is the genesis for Paul to write this letter, this first letter to the Thessalonians. And in the first three chapters, we get Paul's personal thoughts and encouragement to those people. And then in chapters four and five, he gives them instruction and, uh, and encouragement. Keep in mind that, uh, that these people are uh, being persecuted. So in this chapter, what really amounts to a love letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 3, we actually learn more about Paul as a disciple maker than we do about the Thessalonians or his instructions to him. 
Well, what is a disciple maker? We've all been instructed to, uh, to take this role and make disciples. And a uh, disciple maker first has to be uh, a disciple himself. A disciple is a follower. Uh, and uh, following Jesus means that you have entered into a personal saving relationship with him. You have been united with Christ as Paul said to the Philippians, through new covenant in his blood. Through his death and resurrection, the guilt of your sin became his, and his righteousness became yours. Being a disciple of Christ, then, does not start with something we do, but rather it begins with something that Christ did. He loved the church and gave his life for her, in Ephesians 5. He says he paid a debt that we didn't owe, but that we owe, and then united himself to us. How do we accept this gift and unite ourselves to him? Through faith. We can turn away from our sins and follow after him, trusting him as our Savior and Lord. So our discipleship begins when we hear these words and obey him. Follow me. So Paul heard those words and obeyed and spent his life obeying the command Jesus gave to his followers in Matthew to go and make disciples. Now there's a melody that plays through this entire letter to the Thessalonians, and that is sharing God's gospel in love produces children of faith who increasingly imitate that love in light and hope in Jesus. So the theme for today's message is that a disciple maker longs for people to grow in their walk of faith in Jesus Christ. A disciple maker longs for, the, for people to grow in their faith. And we see this in three places in our text. We'll get to the text in just a moment. But in three places we see that, <clears throat> A, Paul received comfort in his distress because his disciples continued in faith and longing to reunite with Paul and his team. In verse 7, he says, In all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted. B, Paul longed to visit his disciples to finish their training. We see that in verse 10. And C, Paul prayed that the Lord would grow their love so that they would be established in holiness in verses 11 through 13. It's Paul's life seemed to be consumed with three things. His thoughts, how are my disciples, what can I do to help the disciples? His prayers, Lord, prepare the disciples for your coming return. Paul told the Corinthians, not that we lord it over you for your faith, but we work with you for your joy, for you to stand firm in the faith and his actions, making disciples. Making disciples is so important, he sacrifices his own support and sends Timothy back to the Thessalonians. Timothy is his most valuable member, and he sends Timothy to check on these people. And that brings us to our text here, and uh, verse 6. So verse 6 says, But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. 
He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. And so we see here from this good report that the new converts continue to persevere in their faith. What an encouragement. We also see in this verse that they continue to grow in love for one another. And thirdly, we see that they remember Paul. Paul, their spiritual father in this case, they didn't turn from Paul's teaching to escape persecution. They long for more teaching instead. So the church is growing up in the faith like children grow up in your family. This is good news. This is great news to Paul. And so the second thing that we see in this text is that the good report affected Paul and his team. In verses 7 through 10, let's read this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. So verse 7, the good news ministered to him. It rescued me in my distress, Paul says. The report gave the team comfort in the midst of their distress and affliction, their angst and their longing and their worry. How are these people uh, doing, these new Christians? And he says in verse 9, I can't thank God enough. So this report brought comfort because the Thessalonians' spiritual well-being was at the center of life of Paul's life purpose. We see this in verse 8 through 10. In verse 8 he says, "For now we live if you are standing fast." We see the testimony of the team, all the joy we feel for your sake. So Paul uh, has a lot staked on these people and their growth as new Christians. The third thing that we see in our little text here today, as we drop in this love letter, is the good report showcases the team's dependence on God. In verses 11 through 13, it says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. So the Lord, uh, Paul asked the Lord to direct the team back to the Thessalonians. Just before this 
text in chapter 3, in chapter 2, verse 17, he said, We endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, but were hindered. Satan uh, did all he could to keep Paul from finishing his mission in Thessalonica. And so Paul asked God to grow the Thessalonians in maturity. He prays that God will grow their love for God and their love for others so that they will be established in blameless holiness. So how is this love generated in our lives or in the lives of the Thessalonians? Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 1, verse 5, The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and good conscience and sincere faith. So he prays that God will grow this love and their love for others so that they will have this good conscience and sincere faith. In the preceding chapter, in chapter 2, we see Paul's commitment to the Word of God. In chapter 2, he refers to uh, the, the message three times as the gospel of God and twice as the word of God. It was Paul's firm assurance that his message came from God and this, uh, this gospel message from Paul was in reality God's gospel. He had not invented it. He was simply a steward entrusted with it and commissioned to proclaim it. He must be faithful to this among everything else. So that's chapter 2. And then in our text this morning, chapter 3, we see Paul's commitment to the people of God. And this is what is important uh, to us here this morning. Paul lays his heart bare for the Thessalonians. You can't help but see his love for them as you read through this letter. When Timothy returned with a good report, Paul was over the moon with joy and thanksgiving. For now we live since you are standing firm in the Lord, he says, all the while pouring his heart out in prayer. These first three chapters are full of extravagant language of a parent the first time his 16-year-old leaves by herself in the family car. Certainly you have, uh, have felt that, uh, that anguish of loving and longing, how, uh, how great it is to see your children grow and leave the house, but oh, be careful, make good decisions, stay safe and come back to us, right? We have that, uh, that loving and at the same time longing for their safety and return. And we see this language all throughout Paul's love letter, if you will. Intolerable suspense when they're apart. Affectionate care and fervent prayer. But also intimate unity as if his life is wrapped up in theirs and theirs in his. This is how pastors speak of their flocks. But Christians, this is how we are to speak of each other. So the point of this text 
Brothers and sisters, we are called to make disciples, which means we are called to pour our lives into each other right here, right here at Ambassador Baptist Church. The way Paul poured out his life making disciples and the way Jesus poured out his life to bring us into relationship with the Father. Jesus poured his, uh, his life to bring you into relationship with the Father. And in light of that, we are to pour out our lives to bring others into relationship with Jesus. It's the model. It's the model for Paul and then us as well as we uh, mimic Paul in following Christ. Is there someone in your life whose spiritual well-being is your life's purpose? Consider that for a moment. Being a disciple-maker for Jesus means orienting our lives toward others just as Jesus did. It means working for the sake of others. It means loving others and serving others for Christ's sake. To know Jesus and make him known to others. It's a phrase that we use just across town at our little church in Commerce, Michigan. The life of a disciple maker means pouring oneself into others. A disciple maker labors with Jesus to glorify God through sharing the gospel, educating, edifying, and lifting them up ultimately as mature believers in Christ. That is the language you use here at this church in your purpose statement. And that is the pattern, frankly, that we see uh, for Paul's life. It is his stated purpose. So why does Paul long for his disciples to grow up in the faith? In Thessalonians 2, 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 through 20, the, the, uh, uh, the text just before ours, you could probably just flip a page and catch that. In verse 19, he says, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So Paul believes them to be his hope, joy, and crown of boasting when Jesus comes. When Jesus returns, Paul wants to show that he faithfully fulfilled his commission to go and make disciples. At the final judgment, the Thessalonians would be evidence of his life commitment. This is why Timothy's report is so encouraging. Paul's work is being vindicated. This is Paul's worship. I wonder, this morning, if there's any evidence of this in your lives. I wonder what crowns of boasting our churches, both here in Royal Oak and uh, my home church in Commerce, I wonder what crowns of boasting 
we might have to show our king on that judgment day. We need to be uh, we need to be thinking of each other and caring for each other in this way. Growing disciples is an act of worship. Pray that we would see the people in our lives as valuable opportunities to present those relationships as gifts to the Savior by helping one another grow in maturity that we may present our hearts in blameless holiness on that day when our Lord returns. Would you help each other grow in the faith? Before I uh, leave a final word, just just take a moment and just think for a moment of uh, someone in your life, maybe, uh, maybe one person, maybe a handful of people that uh, you should be lifting up in prayer fervently as Paul did and investing yourself in putting yourself into their lives. Just think about that for a moment. Let me, uh, let me close with this uh, prayer of benediction from Paul in our text. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when the Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Thank you. Appreciate it.